Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to another live Q&A of yours truly. Hope y'all are doing well. For those who's watching me later or listening later, I want to say thank you so much for watching. If this is your very first time, let me introduce myself. My name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. So after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe, make sure you subscribe and hit that bell because you never know when I'll go live, and I would love to answer your questions. So if you hit that bell, you'll be at least notified when I go live, so you'll be able to get those fingers going and be able to submit your questions. But if you've been subscribed for a while, you've been watching for a while, you've been watching or, or listening for a while, I want to say thank you so much for being a subscriber of mine. I count it an honor um, to serve you all, and I pray that I continue to be um, the best uh, at what I do for you all to be able to be the best that you need to be. Uh, so you can do the best things, great things for God. But as everyone is coming in live, let me know where you're watching from. Get your questions ready. I look forward to serving you all. And as everyone is coming in, I want to make sure I let you know, let you guys and gals know about some uh, things that's new um, in regards to my what I'm doing now. I'm offering, I'm offering some coaching. I'm back at it for fall and winter. So if you wanted some one-on-one culture, whether it's relationships, spiritual growth, singleness, purpose, or branding, uh, make sure you check out my website, imunplugged.com forward slash custom coaching. I got some spots available uh, coming up for this, uh, you know, uh, uh, fall, not fall, yeah, fall, winter breaks that I have. So I look forward to serving you all. So if you're looking for one-on-one culture, like, man, I want to co- uh, get um, some time with coach. Go to this link, go to the website now, and let me know what your budget is. Let me know what you want coaching from, uh, for, and I look forward to serve you. Also, my latest book, The Wholeness Journal, Are You Whole Enough to Hold? It's a great resource with over 120 so reflective questions, as well as 25 articles, as well as 52 weeks of accountability uh, journal entry to help you process your wholeness. So make sure you check out that resource. I hope it's a blessing to you. Also, get the latest card game of mine called Whole. The first one who spells whole wins is a great resource um, to help you all be successful in life. Like I said, everything uh, that I have is on my website, imunplugged.com. So make sure you check it out. And I look forward to serving you all. But let's get right into, let's see who's here. We got uh, the humble one. Thank you so much for watching. We got Christine Williams. Good evening, man of God. God bless you. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, NJ Spence. Hey, what's going on? Brooklyn, New York in the house. Christine Williams. Uh, Christy Rush. Good evening from Virginia. Thank you so much for watching. Shani K. Shane K. I hope I said your name right. Hey, coach from Seattle. Thank you for watching from there. Aries. Hey, coach from New York. Thank you for watching from New York. Uh, Jenny D, good evening, Coach. Watching from Ontario, Canada. Thank you so much for watching, Jenny D. Unique Creation says, hey, Coach, why men ask, do I drink or smoke instead of asking to take me on a date or something? Then when I say I really want to be uh, I really want to be next to you, but you're not asking for a date. Well, um, a lot of guys uh, in this modern era uh, want things easy, right? And the best way to get things easy is to get you under the influence, right? And so if you're if you are a drinker or a smoker, oftentimes they will look at you as a person that may be susceptible uh, um, to be uh, 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 influenced and potentially allowing them to enter in and do things that they want to do with you, or they just want to just measure what kind of person you are morally or character-wise, right? And so you just got to understand that's just the caliber of men. Uh, and, and what you, the beautiful thing about you that you have to understand is that you made in the image of God, that you're God's daughter, and that a lot of people going to shoot their shots at you, but uh, 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 but you determine who um, gets the bucket, right? 
And so men do that. Some men do that. Just this is the world we live in. Not all men, but a lot of men do that. Um, then say, I really want to be next to you, but you're not asking for a date. Well, people who ask those kind of questions are not even worth your time dating wise. And so what I would do right now, unique creations is, is continue to focus on God and your singleness. Don't even worry about a man. Don't even worry about why certain guys do certain things. Just know that God has a specific man for you um, that will be next to you at the altar before he wants to be next to you in the bedroom. So I hope that helped. Um, y'all, y'all, what's going on? Michaela, what's going on, sis? Y'all, y'all, uh, tuning in during my evening jog. Well, thank you for tuning in while jogging, man. I'm glad you are out there getting exercise, all that good stuff. Golden Christian says, hey, Coach Josh, I'm stressed. I fasted to reach out to God and nothing worked. Where do I really start? Do I, did I do my fast wrong? How do you properly fast? Well, great question. Well, fasting is not something you do to bend God's arm or to get an answer. Fasting is not about getting an answer. Fasting is being in tune with the answer. The answer, capital A, who is God. Oftentimes when we, uh, our spiritual uh, outputs are proven not spiritually fruitful because we have a, we're spiritually illiterate. We're, we're not fully understanding of what it is required with these spiritual disciplines. A lot of believers um, utilize these spiritual disciplines to get versus to gather, to get versus to to become right and so fasting is not about um, 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 hearing from God or whatever it's just a great tool a great resource to become even more in tune with God because if you only go to God for answers then you will barely get any of your questions answered but if you go to God because he is your answer then you will see in your association with the answer all your questions answered right so fasting has first have, first must have a focus of fellowship versus funding. It must be fellowship versus uh, 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 on what you want to uh, find out about what God has for you in life, right? And so the reason why probably God ain't, is not saying anything is because the motive may have been wrong or the methods have been wrong, but fasting is not a tool um, to get God to make to, uh, to, to make him do something for you. It's a great resource for you to be more in tune with the source. And then you'll find yourself naturally coming into the answers of the various things in life. So don't become stressed because you're looking for an answer. Uh, 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 just understand that, you know what? I necessarily don't have to fast, but the good thing is, is that, um, you can spend time God right now and get to know him. And in the more you get to know him through fellowship, through reading the, the word, through prayer, through, through community, you'll be surprised how many of your answers, your questions become answered. Hope to help. Asher says, hey, from Houston, Texas, thank you for watching. Y'all, y'all watching from California. Jenny says, question, how to move in silence? Great question. Um, the beautiful thing about moving in silence is because you have less people um, giving opinions. You have less people in, interfering with your output, right? And then you're able to obey God. Uh, and that's why I always tell people, do not... Uh, uh, tell, uh, let God reveal publicly what he wants you to do privately. Um, when you move in stealth, stealth mode leads to health mode, leads to wealth mode, right? Uh, stealth mode means that I, I'm just working on me, for me, right? I, I'm working for me, uh, uh, working on me, for me, and for the glory of God. And in doing so in silence, I don't have to worry about too many people's opinions, number one. I don't have to worry about people sowing weed and tears in the midst of God's garden in my mind. I don't have to worry about uh, people voicing their opinions that's causing me to be wayward, right? And so moving in silence is basically just saying, you know what? I'm not going to post until it's done. 
It's never wise to post the process and, and advertise a particular moment that is going to be done when you don't even sure when you're not even sure if you're resilient enough to get it done. You don't even know when it's really God's timing for it to be done. So moving in silence means I'm going to um, um, set aside time in my life. Uh, to make sure that I spend time with God. I'm going to seek God about the ideas in my life. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me quietly. I'm going to uh, deepen uh, the depths of my learning, right? I'm going to enjoy God's presence alone because the more you enjoy God's presence alone, then when you are amongst other people, there'll be a certain level of confidence. You don't have to worry about people I'm saying certain things. You don't have to worry about people um, saying no to your dream. You don't have to worry about people uh, speaking negatively towards your dream. Uh, that's what's the, one of the important reasons uh, 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 moving in silence. You get to build your character in silence, right? And then you get to reserve a lot of energy. I just spelled silence. Number one, you set aside time for God. Um, you become intimate with him and getting to know the ideas that he has for you because the quieter your life is, the more I, the more you're able to receive gold. That's why I told my students today in my Bible class, I love spending time with God. I love uh, that intimate time with him because I get information. I get creative and witty ideas. I get witty inventions. I, I'm able to do that without interruptions, without people's opinions, right? And then I get to really enjoy him. I don't have to worry about uh, 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 make ingratiating uh, uh, or connecting myself with other people. I can really enjoy God and building with him in silence. I get to enjoy being a partner with him, being in the shed with him, being in, in the field with him, being in the garden with him, right? And then I don't have to worry about people saying anything negative. I don't got to worry about people saying no to my dream or something saying something negative. I also get to build my character. I, I need to know that in order for me to last long in the public eye, I got to build my character in God's eyes, right? And then last but not least, I, uh, I forgot what the last E was. But either way, that's how you move in silence. Those are, those are the important reasons on why you on how you on why you should move in silence. But uh, how to move in silence? Just just don't take online stuff seriously. Um, know that people can care less about the process, but nobody see. That's why I tell people: silence people with the finished work. Throw people off. The more you tell people what you're doing, the more they can throw shade, the more they can throw envy your way, right? But if you move in silence, man, you don't have to worry about people, too many people involved in sabotage. Great question. Uh, the humble one says, someone who is confused about liking you, one minute yes, and next minute they don't want anything. It's time for you to leave that person. That's a waste of time. The Bible says uh, God's not the author of confusion. God's the author of clarity, not confusion. The Bible says where there's confusion is every evil work. Right. So if a person is confused about liking you, they're not the one for you. And oftentimes people entertain these individuals because of their desperate need or their desired need for love. And at least they got some attention sometimes. Right. But the goal is, uh, I'm going to tell you, the person that God has for you is going to want you. And there's no question. No gazelle wakes up and sees a lion is confused whether or not that lion sees them as lunch. You see what I'm saying? That, 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 that gazelle knows it's a little Debbie snack to that mama lion, right? And so, so when you're being pursued by a man, there's no confusion. If you're confused, that man's confused. And that man has evil work in the midst of his own life because a man of God is a man of clarity. A man of God is a man of confirmation. A man of God is a man of character. And a man who's not of character, a man who doesn't have clarity and who operates in confusion is not a man that's worth your time. That's not worth your commitment. See what I'm saying? So if you don't know, then it's a no. 
You see what I'm saying? And so one minute, yes, it's because you probably look good that one minute and then the next minute he don't know or he got options. That's why I tell people you're, you was never meant to be somebody's option. You was only meant to be somebody's only. You were never meant to be somebody's option. You know, my wife, there's no other options. There's no side pieces on this plate. There's only nothing but uh, main dishes. My wife is a lasagna. My wife is a spaghetti. My wife is chicken Alfredo. No sides, no side salads. You see what I'm saying? She knows she's the only. There's no options. And so anytime a man makes you feel like you an option, that he, that he can bring you on the court one minute and you on the bench the next minute, my wife's always my point guard. My wife is always the quarterback. My wife is always the main player. There ain't no other place, but she's the main person, the only person. And she doesn't have to feel like somebody's going to take her spot or sub her out or, or whatever. My wife is never on the bench. She's in a game with me. Side by side, right? So if you feel like you an option, that person shouldn't be an option in your life. You were only meant to be somebody's only when it comes to relationships. So I, I wouldn't even waste your time. This is confirmation. Let that individual go. Aries says, Coach, what does the what does Bible stand for? Some people utilize the acronym as basic instructions before leaving Earth. I think is what you're saying. Um, so um, I don't know if that's what you mean as far as the acronym. Maybe you heard it from somewhere on what the acronym Bible mean. Um, but uh, Bible is just uh, Word of God, man, a collection of books um, inspired by God. Hope to help. Uh, Shane, oh, y'all talking to each other. Okay. Hey, from New York. Thank you for watching, Miss Thomas. Shani, Shani, or Shani says, hi, how long did it take for God to confirm your wife is the one? Great question. Um, I don't really necessarily uh, remember the time frame. I just know that there was confirmation that hindsight being 2020, when I look back over my life with my wife, I see that there was confirmation from God. I mean, from the moment that I first met her, I knew there was something special about her, but I'm not going to lie and say that I thought she was the one. She was just very beautiful. And there was something about her that bear witness with my spirit. Now, what, now I've already made the mistakes previous before that by saying someone was the one. So I was very careful not to vocalize or, or communicate that. I just know hindsight being 2020, based upon my experiences with God, based upon how God checks my spirit and based upon how God uh, really uh, connects with the knower in me, the Holy Spirit from the houses, from all the stuff that I knew that this is God spoken to me. I, I hindsight being 2020, I'm able to see that back when I first met her, that same feeling was there, but I wasn't about to be like she was the one. But throughout that period of time, God kept confirming. And confirmation is very important relationship because it keeps a firm grip on relationship. It's very important for you to seek God's confirmation. I have a book on discernment that I think is a great resource for you all. It's called Counterfeit or Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. And this book is a great resource on discernment. It talks about how to know, how to test a man, how to test a woman in regards to a relationship, how to test friends, how to test the opinions, how to test counsel. Right? But in this book, I go very deep in what confirmation is and why it's important. Confirmation is essential because no matter what arguments I have with my wife, no matter what goes on in my marriage, no matter what happens, I know God confirmed it. And if I hurt my help, I hurt myself. You see what I'm saying? If I hurt my helpmate, then I hurt myself. And so when I begin to really uh, um, uh, appreciate or begin to, I want to say appreciate, but what I one thing I said in the book was God keeps confirming. God keeps from not for me, not for me in regards to learning, but to keep that firm grip. 
And so confirmations and important relationship. That's why I said I wouldn't even entertain anyone until you feel that clearance in your spirit by God. We're not talking about friends giving you clearance, mom giving you clearance, or making you feel that, that you're clear to do it. We talk about deep in your spirit, you know that you have a clearance from God that this person is the right one, that you have a clearance on clearance, that you know clearance is the one because you have the clearance, right? And then once you have the clearance from God, then you continue to follow God, continue to follow the spirits leading with a uh, leading uh in y'all relationship to see um the confirmations and then when the confirmations have been established then you will have that monumental moment in recent history of your life that constantly reminds you no matter how bad it gets no matter how sad you get no matter how glad you get you know this is the one for you confirmation relationships are essential man it keeps you to have it continues to, it a confirmation ensures that you continue to have a firm grip confirm continue to have a firm grip on what god spoke into your life and so and that's that's my answer to your question but um the knower the holy spirit in me really affirmed in many moments that my wife was the one and continues to confirm because being together just naturally confirms when the compatibility and the things that God works on, on in, in her and in me, it just constantly continues to confirm, not for us to learn, not for us to be like, oh, wow, you so you are the one. No, it just naturally confirms itself because it continuously reveals why it's God's will. Hope to help. But as far as a particular moment, how long did it take for God? I can't remember. I <laughs> can't remember. It's been so long. What's going on, David? Hey, coach, is it wise for a newly married couple to do long distance due to a fight, not physical? Or is it better for them to work through it together as a team? It just depends, man. It just depends on how um, the situation is. Uh, I mean, it depends on, on what the situation is. Like I said, uh, I think it's another video. Um, some people... Uh, both parties got to look in the mirror and ask themselves what contributed to the fight, what contributed to the frustration, what contributed to the fear. And and, and both parties have to be uh, empathetic of the individual. So if a person left and moved because a guy or a girl was doing something or whatever, then that person got to say, OK, why did that person leave? What did I do for that person to leave? You know, uh, uh, what contributing factors caused for the individual to leave? I got to look myself in the mirror. And then trust God in the process that he's the one. If he's the one that joined you, uh, he'll be the one to join y'all back together. But there has to be understanding and empathy on that, my friend. Ashley says, can you break a bond with a narcissistic parent like you would a soul tie? Or would it be difficult because you are their seed? Can you break a bond with a narcissistic parent like you would a soul tie? Yeah, you can. Uh, but you can't in your own strength. Only, only the anointing of God can destroy the yokes can break the bonds, can uproot strongholds, right? Um, and that's a point for you to understand. And you have to ask yourself, why am I giving this parent control over my life? If you're over 18, you got your own house, you got your own car, you're doing your own thing, you owe that parent nothing, especially manipulative, especially they're controlling, right? And so, yes, you have to understand, first off, it, there has to be something in your own life that is trending towards you and God developing a relationship. There has to be trending in that direction so that all other relationships doesn't have a strong hold on you. My wife has a straight, we, me and my wife have an amazing bond, but my bond with God should be always greater than my bond with her. Not saying that she'll go wayward, but I'm just saying I, my bond with God has to be always strong, stronger than her. So no matter if she, whatever, I don't, I, she won't get in the way of what God's leading me to or vice versa. I want my wife's bond with God to be stronger than our bond. 
right? I want him to be the bond of our bond, right? I, not only do I want God's bond to be greater individually with us, I want God's bond to be the bond between us. You see what I'm saying? And so that there won't be no confusion when it comes to the bond. Now, if there's a bond that doesn't bond with the God bond between you and God, then you got to say, okay, I got to go towards God and then begin to develop different um uh, um, uh, requirements and, 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 and demands when it comes to this new relationship. And, and you have to be able to stand on your own two feet. And then y'all, what I would do is I would get this book on here, right here called, um, the purpose of freedom, how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds, a great book on soul ties. So you can better understand what a soul tie is. And then, allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the root reasons on why your soul is soul attached. Your soul has your thoughts, your memories, emotions, your knowledge, your ideas. There's a lot of things in your soul, mind, will, and emotions, three main categories, but your soul has thoughts. So what are your thoughts towards your parents? What are the things that they've spoken over you that's triggering these thoughts? Then you got to reverse engineer those thoughts. What are your memories? Are your memories uh, haunting you? God wants to change the way you remember how you and your mom or how you and your parent interacted. Some people are so traumatically affected by what happened in the past by their parents that they haven't given it over to God or they haven't really uh, thoroughly uh, uh, um processed it to the point of freedom and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to them that you survive whatever experience with them and you should no longer hold it against them, right? What about your your knowledge and what they taught you? A lot of different things you got to begin to process and that book will help you with that. But you can break that bond. You break that bond by renewing your mind, by allowing your mind to change. Imagine Jesus on the cross sitting there saying, uh, uh, I can't forgive them. You know, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. A lot of the things our parents did, they didn't know they were doing it. Or, if, or even if they knew what they were doing, uh, it, it doesn't, shouldn't have, it shouldn't, we don't have to allow it to continue to have a negative effect. Or would it be different because you are their seed? No, there's no difference. There's no difference than breaking a soul tie with a person you relationship with. No different. Uh, the difference is Jesus. And the difference is, 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 is allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the deep rooted reasons on why you are still affected by them. And, and then his mind and his, his uh, river of, of hope and joy will begin to renew your mind towards them and then reveal your requirements from them, revealing to them that you don't have to go to the cookout. You don't have to go over their house. If they're going to continue to abuse you verbally, mentally, psychologically, or however, you don't have to be around them. You owe them nothing because of your parent. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother. If they're just being a parent, then they not being a father or a mother. And you can determine, you can uh, differentiate your honor by basically just sitting there saying, you know what? I, see, the, you should never honor someone else beyond your honor of God and your honor of you. Never respect someone beyond your respect for God and respect for yourself because you set yourself up to be abused. So after you done check your reverence towards God, what does the word of God say about your parents and how you should engage with them, right? Or how you should engage people that are not in con uh, conjunction with you. Look what Jesus did when his mom and his brother came up asking disciples and told, tell Jesus to come talk to us. And then Jesus said, who's my mother? Who's my father? But except for those in the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't just bow down to mama because mama, because at that point you could tell there's tension. Maybe his mom at that moment didn't really necessarily agree with what Jesus was doing. And Jesus was like, yo, who's my mother? Who's my father? That's bold. 
If you're not with the will of God, then you ain't my mother, fam. If you ain't with the will of God, you ain't my father, fam. If you ain't with the will of God, you're not my brother, fam. My brothers, my mothers, my fathers, my whoever is part of the household of faith now because I'm saved. If that's if parents are not uh, uh, in conjunction with the God's calling on your life. Hope to help. And thank you so much for your super chat. Thank you, Humble One, for your super chat. I really appreciate it. And all y'all that's been generous, those who give on Cash App, PayPal, who all, all those who give on my website, thank you all so much for your generosity, man. You guys are helping us help children, uh, help kids develop their art form. You're helping us create uh, entrepreneurs. You're helping us create new resources. You're helping us doing a lot in the school system as well as uh, for you all in regards to resources and whatnot. So I really appreciate uh, um Y'all supporting y'all's help. Jojo Davis says, Josh, how do I forgive a lover after she took me for granted and verbally disrespect me? Well, um, I would I would I would get over that individual, man. Uh, and I know that's that's harsh, but uh, what I would do is this. Let me read your question again. Josh, how do I forgive a lover? First off, the word lover is a strong word, so now you got to process that. What all type of loving was loving? You know what I'm saying? What all type of loving was done, right? And then that's when you got to start uh, confessing those sins and then renouncing all demonic ties to that, right? Renouncing means I no longer give you legal right to affect me due to a previous sin because I've repented. I've confessed my sin. So you no longer have any legal right, demonic spirits, to utilize this loving soul tie mingling experience against me. That's why it's important to repent and renounce because when you repent, you basically turn away from that sin you're recognizing number one, you're recognizing number two, you lean on the righteousness of Jesus, knowing that the righteousness of Jesus has been imputed on you. So now you have right standing with God. Once you recognize and realize that the righteousness of Jesus has been imputed on you, that gives you right relationship with God. Now you can approach that throne rightly and boldly, right? And then from that reckon, uh, 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 recognizing and then uh, 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 receiving the re imputed righteousness of Jesus, then you're able to repent, repent from that sin. And once you repent from it by saying, God, I confess this sin. Forgive me for the sin. I repent from the sin. Then all of a sudden, now the process of mental renewal begins if you cooperate. And then before even that happens, that process continues to go as thoroughly as can. Then you renounce. The part that we miss in this process is the renouncing because oftentimes you can repent, you can do all these different things, but if you don't renounce that that action that's that or renounce of any type of demonic association with that, then they have legal right to try to oppress you mentally or whatever, right? So you have to have a full, uh, um, thorough um, process of that, right? And you have to forgive that person. I've been took it for granted. I've been verbally disrespected, but you know what I do? That's on them, not me. When someone disrespects me and I'm nice, when kids in my school disrespect me or whatever, whatever it is, I in my spirit, I have already programmed myself to begin to see that there must be something wrong with them. So therefore I pray for them because if you took me for granted, number one, let's talk about the taking for granted part. If someone takes you for granted, then don't grant no more opportunities to them. Access denied, not access granted. Don't give access. Don't grant access to people that take you for granted. You forgive them and realize that they were just immature. They didn't know how to interpret value and you move on in life. Now, when it comes to verbally being disrespected, you got to forgive them for the words they said over you. And forgiveness is not about the individual. Forgiveness gives you, Jojo, the opportunity to go forward. So you must forgive so that you can be with the one that you want to live with forever in your life as a wife. 
So how do you forgive a lover? Real first, you got to press the loving part, and 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 because now you got to let the Holy Spirit deal with the soul ties that comes with with every type of sexual intimacy or anything that may have been involved when you say the word lover. Then once you deal with the lover part, then you deal with the 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 access part, and then you begin to do research on what did I do to give this person access? Because if you don't deal with the access points and don't deal with the breaches in your in your facility as far as your vessel, then the next person will gain access through that same entryway or may gain access through that wound, and you thinking that person is the one that's going to be able to heal you or help you and then you find yourself hurt again so you gotta now assess the access points how did she get access to verbally abuse or how to hurt me in any kind of way process those entry points then you forgive or really begin to write down what i would do is write down every verbal thing that she said about you right that disrespected you and then you contradict or you compare that to the word of god and what god says about you and then you have to visually see yourself scratch out or erase what she said. Sometimes you just can't do that inside your vessel. Sometimes you just got to see it for yourself and see yourself. So I tell my, I do, I do activities sometimes where I tell people to write things, ball up and then visually see themselves throw it away. Because sometimes as that, as that uh, hands-on active type of thing, you begin to see yourself uh, um, getting real of it. Right. And anytime you feel frustrated about what she said, write on a sheet of paper, cross it out, ball the paper, shoot the shot. Right. Because then the more you do that, the more you, your body, your mind, everything will begin to see that we're gradually getting off of this mountain. Right. And then begin to realize and understand what the word of God says about forgiveness. That if you can't forgive your brother, God can't forgive you, man. And forgiveness is not about the individual, uh, nor is it about you trying to hold this in to hopefully be so successful that you can prove that, that they should never took you for granted. That's 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 vengeance that you're trying to do for yourself. All you got to worry about is forgiving so that you can go forward in freedom so that you can enjoy your life with the one that God has for you. Time for maybe two more and I'm done. NJ Spence says, hey, coach, I'm 16 and at a school and it's lonely. Now, you know, when the, when the teenagers get on this, you know, you know, coach a little different. I, I love the babies, man. I got to look out for the youngins. Hey, coach, I'm 16 at, and at school. It's lonely because there's no there's no many people following God's will. Why does God allow lonely season and closes doors from friends? Great question, my friend. Let's look at, let's look at this. Um, loneliness is the overindulgence mentally on the idea of being alone, my friend. You're not alone. God is with you. You're never alone. You, you can be in Antarctica. You can be in the jungles of Africa. You can be uh, in the Nile by the Nile River. You can be where, where there's no one and God will be fully there present fully present. God's omnipresence is so amazing, my friend, to the point to where he, I have God's undivided attention. You have God's undivided attention simultaneously without distraction. God's not over in, over in California dealing with somebody's issue. And he's telling you, God will never have you on hold. God's phone, he picks up on the first ring. He picks up before that thing finished with the first ring. God is always there. The Holy Spirit is greater, 10 billion times greater than Siri, 10 billion times greater than Amazon Echo. He's always on standby. He's a present help in a time of trouble. When you're in trouble, when you when you need directions, what do you do? Siri, uh, give me directions to what's whatever. He, he's more present than that. The, the world, people, creators, inventors got that from the spirit of God. He's present. All you got to do is call him. He's there to help, right? So when you, oh, you have to first now look at why do I feel like I'm lonely? 
which then helps me to then, which will lead me to answer your next question. You said, because there's no, there's uh, not so many people following God's will. Welcome to the new age, the new world. The Bible says in the last day, there'll be a great falling away, my friend. There's going to be a lot of people that's not going to follow God. The, the beautiful thing about you is that your life is your life and you got God. That's why I tell young people all the time, you got to befriend God. You and God must be best friends because you're going to lose friends because most kids at the age are not mature enough mentally to even understand the concept of friend, especially your generation. Your generation grew up with 5,000 friends on Facebook and unlimited followers on Instagram. So y'all grew up in the world where the word friend became diluted. It began to lose its meaning. It began to lose its value, right? And so when you begin to uh, swallow the pill of it is what it is, but I'm going to still be, I'm still his, then I could be, I can pursue his biz, his business, right? It is what it is. I'm his. And I'm going to move forward in confidence knowing that I'm God. Now, how, now what's essential about that, my friend, is that you got to now engage in what God has already been trying to engage with you in regards to a relationship with him, right? Next question says, why does God allow lonely seasons and closes doors from friends? Let me tell you why. Um, you can't have summer without fall. You can't be on the summit of summer if you don't fall and fall. Now, what I mean by that? When fall comes, my friend, your leaves begin to change color. There was a time in your friends, you was, it was a time in your teenage years where you had a lot of friends, you had a lot of attention, whatever, and then you felt green, you felt great, you felt grand. And then this fall season occurred for you when you began to change colors. And then people was like, you know what? I don't know about this person. You begin to change colors. And then those leaves begin to fall. And what happens when your fruit is not there and your leaves begin to fall? People no longer want to be around you. Why, my friend? Because people only come to a tree. Hear me. People only come to the tree. Most people, 99.9% of the people only come to the tree for these two things, my friend. They only come for the shade and for the fruit. And when the fruit is not there and the shade is not there, they go find another tree. That's what happens. But God must let these things fall so that you can know who your source is. Now you get into winter. Winter is a season where you have no friends. Winter is a season where you like, man, what's what's going on? But in winter, winter is important because the cold begins to purify the soil. It begins to strip the soil. It begins to uh, uh, purify the soil and make it ready for spring. Then when spring comes, you as a tree have been strengthened. You as a tree have been soil up under you has been purified. And now when the fruit start coming, you now have a gardener that has made boundaries around you, determining who should have shade and who should get fruit from you. Then that's when you begin to have discretion through the Holy Spirit's discernment on who should be or who should earn it. You see what I'm saying? Because if you don't let the Holy Spirit determine who will earn it, then you will let people in who will burn it, right? And so the reason why God allows lonely seasons so you can get to know him. I'm so glad I went through my lonely season when I was 23, 24 years old. It was one of the best seasons of my life, even though in the moment I hated it, my friend. And the reason why I hated it because uh, because I was just so abandonment was one of my strongest issues. But when I begin to realize that God's never abandoned me, and when I began to get gold ideas from God, my time with God, and when I began to feel God a tangible way, I ain't even recognize that I ain't had no friends. So God allows lonely seasons, not lonely seasons, God uh, strips you into a place of being alone. See, my friend, there's a big difference between being alone and being lonely. 
Lonely is the mental, the, the overly, the overindulgence mentally on the idea of being by yourself. Being alone just means I'm alone. Do you know how you do you know the opportunity you have at 16 to be alone? You can start working on your ideas. You can start working on those God-given dreams and and, and, and concepts. You blessed. You blessed. Let me tell you something about Jesus, man. Jesus, uh, there was always the Father, then there was the three, then there was the 12, then there was the 70, then there was the crowd, then there was the Pharisees. In life, you're going to always have Pharisees. They're going to be haters. People are going to talk against what God wants you to do in your life. You're going to have a crowd. There's going to be a crowd that you're going to do your gift in front of, whether it's speaking, singing, dance. There's going to be the crowd. But never put your trust in the crowd because the crowd may be loud now, but they'll be silent later, right? Then you also got the seven. There may be people that you are associated with. You got 70. 12 is usually those people that you are pretty close to family, friends, cousins, or whatever you're close to, and they, they may follow you, they may support you, but they ain't your three. In life, you're never going to have more than three friends. Jesus only transfigured himself in front of three. He didn't show him his full self in front of 12. He didn't reveal his whole self in front of 70. He didn't reveal his whole self from the crowd. He did for the three. But what did he often do, my friend? He often went to go pray to the father. If you and the father never meet, you won't know your three. And if you don't have, if you don't know your, if you don't, if you don't allow, if you don't spend time with God and know yourself, you won't know your three. You won't know your 12. You won't be able to handle the 70. You will get lost in the crowd and you'll be overly affected by your Pharisee, Pharisaic haters. So God closes doors on friends because he wants to show you what a real friend is. So you'll de- so he'll determine your friendliness on how you attract friends. And then when f- people want to be your friend, because you're such a great friend of God, you let your best friend determine your next friend. Hope to help. That's it, y'all. I'm tapped out. I love you all. Thank you all so much for watching. One more. Holy Spirit said one more. And this must be for you, Battle, because I felt in my spirit one more. you the next one. What's up, bro? Josh, what's up? From uh, from Olympia. Thank you for watching. Why do men not want to take responsibility for their own feelings, emotional traumas, and negative behaviors, but act as but act as if they have it good and everyone else is the problem? Um, you I mean, um, let's start with the first part. Some men, we live in a society that's very um sensitive and understanding of women, but are very hard on men. So a lot of men in this world right now is very difficult when you don't have a good solid father figure. It's very difficult. Uh, um, we're just talking about not the responsibility piece, but we're talking about the feelings, emotional, negative behaviors. Um, uh, so there could be uh, a lack of community that really aids and helps men with their feelings and emotional traumas. But I think it's very important for men to process those things. And it's unfortunate the church hasn't been in some areas a great support for that, right? And society is not going to support that because they want the man to be weak. They want the man to hold their responsibility because the man is not there to take the responsibility. The, the family caves in. If the family caves in, the community caves in. If communities cave in, then, then regions cave in. If regions cave in, nations cave in. All from the man. The fall of the fall, the whole fall did not begin with the woman. She ate the fruit, but nowhere in the story did it say thunder and lightning happened. Then all of a sudden it was over. No, it was after the man ate. And if the man is 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 emotionally traumatized and and hurt or whatever, then the women are going to be overladen. Then the children are going to be misguided and then the community is going to be impacted and then so on and so on. But when it comes to responsibility, then the good thing about you as a woman, you choose. You get to you get to choose who you submit to. 
You get to allow God to choose who you submit to. That's even better. Because if God choose the man for you, then you know that God and that man have a plan for you to be able to stand and not be weakened, right? And so a lot of men don't take responsibility for their own feelings, emotional traumas, and negative behaviors because they're not really a man. They're boys. Boys don't take responsibility. Men do. And so you're dealing with the wrong kind of man is the answer to your question. You're dealing with the wrong kind of man. But I want to make sure I speak to my brothers out there that may be hurting. You got to go get help. You're not going to be a good uh, help to your helpmate if you haven't been helped, my mate. You see what I'm saying? You got to get help. Uh, but for you as a woman, you get to choose, man. You choose who you submit to. You choose. You don't have to, you don't have to deal with these kind of guys. And don't allow the, the guys in your vicinity to determine your vision. Like God, God, what did Elijah say? God told Elijah, I got 5,000 other men that ain't bowed down the bell. God's not short on, God's not, there's no shortage of good men. There's no shortage of husbands because then if you say there's a shortage of husbands because of your vicinity, then you must have interviewed everybody in the whole world. And no, you ain't interviewed enough people. There's a lot. God has a full supply. God never runs out. So I love you all. I hope that's a blessing to you all. Thank y'all so much for watching the live Q&A. Make sure you check out some resources. I got one-on-one -on -one coaching. Coaching is back. So if you want, if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, make sure you go to imunplugged.com forward slash custom coaching. Fill out the form. Let me know your budget. Let me know your times. Let me know. I'm here to serve you all this fall and winter and maybe spring as well. I might just do the whole year if my schedule allows. And so if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, man, let me know. I'm, I'll be setting up uh, after Thanksgiving, if not some of you all, before Thanksgiving, uh, depending on the Lord's leading. So don't get offended if you don't hear from me. Uh, because I, because based upon my schedule, based upon especially with my wife and family and stuff, uh, I, I select based upon the, uh, upon God. So people be like, uh, uh, yeah, I ain't heard from you. Just keep your email in there. I mean, you can't delete it, but just keep your email in there because there's some people that send me emails two months ago and I go back in there. And God said, talk to that person right now. And it was God's perfect timing. So if you want one on one coaching, give me let me know your best. Let me get, uh, uh, submit your best budget. And per hour or whatever, best budget for a, 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 a few hours. And then I would love to serve you all one-on-one. -on -one. So let me know your schedule. And I, I love to serve you all with coaching. Also check out my latest book, The Wholeness Journal, How to Hold um, uh, the Precious Things of Life. And it really asks them, are you whole enough to hold? Um, great book, over 100 or so questions, reflective questions, 25 articles, as well as 52 weeks of support. Also get the card game whole. The first one who spell whole wins. Also check out my latest, not my latest book, but one of my books, The Purpose of Singleness. I'm actually wearing a shirt right now, The Purpose of Singleness. Uh, check out this book right now for all my singles out there who want to become whole so they can hold. Um, that wholeness book I did mention before is not just for singles. It's for uh, teenagers, singles, um, dating couples, and people who are married. It's a great resource because we got to continue to be held so that we can hold uh, all day life. If you're in a dating relationship or not, if you're single, it's a great book right here. This book will help you date yourself, date God, date yourself so you can become dateable, so you can take the love of your life forever. It's a great book for you to either ask, to definitely ask the right questions, to either write, ask the right, ask the right questions that will either end the wrong relationship 
or extend the right relationship. It's a great book resource there. Also, if you're dealing with soul tie strongholds, check out the book, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties Uproot Strongholds, Who in the Sun Sets Free is Free Indeed. That bird, that cage has been open for years for a lot of us, but a lot of people have been set free, but they haven't flown in freedom. This book helps you with soul ties and strongholds. If you, if you want to learn more about counterfeits, counterparts, and discernment, and, and, and confirmation about God, this book right here is a great resource, Counterfeit or Counterpart, how to continue to discern the will of God in every area of your life. Great resource there. My wife and I, we have our children's book called As He Says. As He is for the students I serve. Me, the guy back there close to the bus, that's me. My wife's in the bottom right corner. We have our own cartoons. And God, we believe in um, for the funding and the support for us to create our own cartoon uh, as far as animations. And, and really get this in a lot of school systems, helping kids find their art form. If you're struggling with uh, spiritual warfare. Or you want to learn more about the armor of God. This book, World War Me, is a great resource as well. So check this book out. Great resource. Also get your merch, T-shirts, all that good stuff. all on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Links in the description box below. Whether you're listening, watching, links are everywhere. If you're on Facebook, let me go ahead and post this uh, website now so that you guys and gals can have access to that. I'll go ahead and post it in the chat. So Facebook people can have it. YouTubers, y'all have it in the description box as well as in the live chat. There are links there as well. King still exists. That's right, Chris Parker. King still exists. Ready for the kingdom. You're so welcome, Golden Christian. I'm praying it was a blessing to you. Thank you. Uh, I don't want to, Miss Thomas, I don't want to butcher y'all's name. You're welcome, Christy Rush. Get Josh likes up, everybody. Thank y'all. Get the likes up. Wow. True wisdom. God gets the glory. You're so welcome, NJ Spence. God gets the glory. Our God is love. Thank you, Coach, for the wisdom. God gets the glory. Um, your five-year-old loving this video. Tell your five-year-old I say hello. Oh, y'all can't even see me. My bad. <laughs> tell your five-year-old man, your son or daughter. Thank you for watching. I I, I pray uh, uh, that this message was a blessing to even the five-year-old. As preachers, as ministers, we supposed to preach as if we're preaching to babies. That's what five-year-olds can understand. Wow happens a lot. So true. That little friend. Oh, y'all. Oh, y'all just still ministering each other. Y'all talk, talk. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. If you want to give the support, what will you do? What me and my wife do? I forgot that part. Y'all can give. If you feel led to give, uh, we, we appreciate your uh, generosity in advance. We love you all. Y'all be blessed. And we'll see y'all. Oh, I'll see y'all next time. Y'all be blessed. Peace.